This podcast is made possible by listeners like yourself at patreon.com slash the laps. That support, both financially and morale-wise, helps keep this show afloat. Plus, there are a ton of rewards for it for as little as a buck. Really, really cool stuff, including exclusive minisodes, short films, early uploads of the show, uncut interviews. The list goes on. Put a coin in my metaphorical guitar case. It is my birthday. Seriously, it is. I'm 28 years old. Happy birthday, me. Oh, and if you'd like a free audiobook, something more to listen to, there's a free 30-day trial in it for you at audibletrial.com slash the laps. Cheers. Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Lapse Storytelling Podcast, where we tell true stories gussied up. I'm your host, Kyle Jest, and today, if you can believe it, it's the one-year anniversary of the show. Milestones galore. Whole year's gone by. I don't know where it went, but there it is. So I figured for our anniversary, we had to have a special guest. And who could possibly be more special than the very first storyteller I ever met? My mother, Lynn. Mom's lived a couple lifetimes with some stories I don't even really know about, but this is one of my faves. The story of a very unlikely, very unusual friendship. I'm calling this one, and there's more than meets the eye in this title, Mom. Here it comes. This is The Lapse. In the fall of 2000, my mother Lynn was living the dream. Her very own business the friendly neighborhood consignment store. I spent the first year basically renovating the store and taking down center walls and changing where the fitting rooms were and stuff because I wanted to have all my sight lines open. I have a really good memory for things and for faces. And yeah, if something didn't look right, I would necessarily know that somebody had walked out with something. A consignment store, if you're not familiar, is kind of like upscale thrift. Mom takes donations, but she also has clients and those clients make a share off whatever they choose to donate. One of these donations. It was one of the most expensive items I had in the store, so I wanted to make sure that I kept my eye on these, right? A very, very expensive pair of Harley Davidson cowboy boots in black suede. So I had them like on a window ledge behind the cash desk and then in the window. They're an eye catcher. The kind of item that says, hey, this ain't your mama's consignment store. Well, except for, never mind. The boots get a lot of looks, especially by this one fellow who's beginning to make mom a little bit wary. He's real scrawny, emaciated even. With really busy eyes, you know. And he would walk back and forth and back and forth across and look in the window and look in the window. He never really came in though. And then one day, just because I was doing a window change, I decided to take these boots and I put them on a shelf. And that's when he came in, in less than five minutes. These boots were gone. I went running to the door, and I looked down the street, and he's already beelining it. If somebody steals something, I'm not really responsible for it. But I felt so bad that I actually paid these people out their portion. And I thought, you know what, you little bugger, if I ever see you again. Mom keeps an ashtray outside the store. Never really empties it. The homeless population, dense as it is, usually bums the butts. One day in particular, she's having a smoke outside, and this guy starts digging through the ashtray. Mom pauses for a moment. I'm looking at him, and I'm thinking, I never forget a face that's that same bugger that ripped me off. Hey, he says, seemingly noticing her. You want to split these, or, uh... Mom clicks her tongue. You know what, man? Why don't you just have a cigarette? She knows it's him. This guy's seen better days. He might not even remember it was her he stole from. 
So she lets him go. But the cat came back the very next day. And the next day. And actually the day after that. See, mom doesn't say anything. She's mostly just looking for answers. So one day she asks him, What's your story? Come on, you got some kind of story going on. Like, what do you want? Meth. You know, speed. Whatever. Well, how long have you been doing that? Yeah, about, um, 20 years. 20 years? 20 years? You're lucky you're not fucking dead. Mom pokes and prods, leaning whatever she can about the man's life. His name is Ross. You guessed it, Ross is homeless. What he calls a binner. Wait, what's a binner? Binning is when they dive into donation bins, also the garbage bins, and some of the stuff they come up with is pretty amazing. And a lot of them can, like, furnish a home with some of these things. Occasionally, when the soup kitchen down the street closes, Mom will give Ross a bit of food. In exchange... They would bring me gifts. Really weird stuff. Anything shiny. He would bring me, like, a piece of a broken zipper. Sometimes he would stand at the other side of the cash desk and start taking things out of his pants, the crotch of his pants, and he would line up things like a hammer, screwdriver, nail polish. He'd lay them out and he would ask me, How much for this one? I don't know where this stuff came from. Certain little things I would take from him because he would feel offended if I didn't. Sometimes, though, well, Mama has this stool, 50s style, real classic diner look. Hey, Ross. If you ever come across another one of these, can you let me know? Before the store closed that night, along he comes on his bike with his wagon trailing behind him, right? And he comes and he gives me the stool. Identical to the one that I had. Turns out, Ross has a bit of a reputation. Some of this stuff, it's not from a bin. He was known as the fastest fingers in town. Everybody knew this guy. He was banned from every establishment. I was probably the only one that let him into my store. I let him use the bathroom. Ross may not be stealing from her, but she still has a bit of a theft problem. So she relocates the fitting rooms, moves them to the front, then changes the doors to curtains so she can see their feet. Sometimes I just whip open the curtains. I'm closing now. Ross looks the new place over. When he asks why she moved the fitting rooms, she tells him. I, I can't stand people stealing from me. And I explained to him, look, it's different when you steal from a corporation, but if you steal from a private business, you're hurting that person. A moment of recognition seems to flash through Ross's eyes. He only nods. He used to stand there and stare at me from the other side of the counter and say, you're so beautiful. I wish I had someone in my life like you. I would poke him, actually poke him with one of those yardsticks and say, you know, you better stay on your side of the counter or I'm going to whack you with this. Then he started calling me mom. And I said, don't call me mom. Don't call me mom. His mom, my mom, regardless, Ross puts the word out on the street. No shoplifting from my mom's store. And guess what? It stops. Almost completely. Until winter, anyway. Ross is missing. Normally I'd say maybe... Sometimes every day, sometimes not for a couple of days. And then all of a sudden I get this phone call. Hello, this is a collect call from Ross, calling from the Fraser Regional Correctional Center. Press one to accept this call. Press two. Yep, Ross is in prison. Then he said to me, you know, can you send me 20 bucks? 
I'm like, well, I don't normally do this kind of thing. You know, me being hard of hearts, I did send him 20 bucks. He would spend every single winter in jail because that was the only place he'd get three meals a day. Essentially, Ross is committing crimes on purpose just to stay warm. Mom seems to remember, yeah, that sounds about right. I did see him walk out of the pawn shop carrying a stereo system, and he wasn't running. Ross actually sends Mom letters. They're full of spelling mistakes, and the writing often ventures outside the margins, but they're heartfelt. Thanking her for everything, checking up on the store. Full three months go by before he's let out. The sunken cheeks and the beady eyes and the skinny, scrawny body. This guy appears in my doorway, and he looks good. He's clean the whole time he's in prison. He's been working out in prison and everything. He looked really healthy, so I took a Polaroid picture of him, and he was so proud of it. I put it on my bulletin board. He was like, look, I've got muscles, because he's doing push-ups, right? Ross's birthday rolls around. He's doing so well, Mom figures, you know what? He deserves a celebration. So her and her friend jaunt him across the street to a restaurant, and he is very clearly nervous. He'd never been in a sit-down restaurant, ever. Excuse me, says the maitre d'. He's looking at Ross. He's not allowed in here. That puts Mom's back a little up. Never mind, he's with us. So we decided to sit in the outdoor patio. It might take Ross a little getting used to. He doesn't know how to sit still in his chair, half on the patio, half on the gravel. But eventually, the conversation begins to flow, so does he begin to settle. Mom, I just want you to know, I've done a lot of things, stolen a lot of things, but you... I would never, ever steal anything from you. And I looked at him, and I said, Harley Davidson boots, black suede, size 7, silver spurs. The chair actually fell backwards and he landed in the gravel and we both picked him up on each side and sat him back down and he looked at me and he says to me, he goes you knew why didn't you ever say anything about this she looks in point blank i figured that you needed the more than i did ross has been out of prison for a few days now he still comes by the store to pitch his wares but today, he's offering something different. Mom looks from the item back up to Ross. It didn't last. He actually clicked a pack of meth across the counter. And I looked at it and I said, well, what's that? And he said, that's for you. That's all I can give you. I don't want it. Don't ever do this to me again. Ross's face suddenly twists. What do you know? You have no idea what it's like out there. You know what, honey? You'd be surprised because I know exactly what it's like. Been there, done that. If you want to come and visit me, that's fine. You see people in the store, you don't come in. And he never did. Ross's addiction comes back full tilt. He still comes by the store and they still treat each other well, but it's not the same and it becomes less and less frequent. Another Canadian winter rears its head, and again, Ross seeks the shelter of prison. Mom waits for a letter, but nothing. At the same time, she's broke, and she can't afford to keep the store running anymore. 
shuts down permanently in 2004. It must have been really heartbreaking for him to come by and realize that there was nobody there anymore. As the years pass, my mom's store is gutted, repainted, and replaced by something else. She keeps an eye out whenever she's downtown for Ross, but there's no sign of him. Frankly, she thinks he's dead. I went out to get some gas one day. I saw this guy with a bunch of shopping carts, little tiny guy. Ross! Hey! Hey, Ross! She says. Ross, it's me! Mom! Remember? He didn't know who I was. That's how far gone he was. This poor person who was very much unloved and very screwed up. I still have this picture. That story again was shared by my mother, Lynn. Thank you to Jesse Brennan for wrangling my mom and interviewing her for this story, as well as Jeremy Terrian for the sound design help. If we want to pretend that mom's last encounter with Ross never happened and we rewind just a little to another moment, there could be a happier alternate ending to this story. If you'd like to hear that alternate ending, you can find that and some other select moments from Ross's life in Minisode 3 as this month's bonus on our Patreon campaign. That's at patreon.com slash the laps. This marks the end of one year of The Laps. We're $50 short of our first goal as of this recording, and I need your support at uh, patreon.com slash the laps. My name is Kyle Jest, and this was The Laps. Thank you so much for listening.